part of a balanced breakfast and proud members of the Geekio Podcast Network. This is the Generic Live Show. Thanks for joining us here on the Generic Live Show for a Sunday. That's right, we are back and we are back in our normal format for one week only. No, <laughs> thanks for joining us here on the Generic Live Show for a Sunday. Uh, I said this in the pre-show, and if you don't get the pre-show, you can now get the pre-show at youtube.com slash generic live show, the pre-show and the post-show, go up there every single Wednesday, but I said in the pre-show, it's a weird time, this, this old season, but it is, it's good to be back in the hay of things. Uh, now, quick programming note, there will not be a show in this time slot next week instead i will be taking part it's that time of year again i will be partaking in extra life the 24-hour gaming marathon for children's miracle network of hospitals helping out the sick kids playing the video games to find out more details head on over to geek-io.net slash extra life and if you feel it in your heart please do make a donation uh, or if you if you just want to view the stream you can do that also at uh, right here at twitch.tv slash geek io show uh, as well we'll be broadcasting everything live for the whole time the whole 24 hour uh, marathon uh, will be here uh, in in full in full display so uh, we'll be doing that in in the GLS time slot. However, there will be a special generic live show taking place as a part of that stream. I can't reveal too many of the details because I want it to be as secretive uh, as possible, but we'll be doing something very, very awesome. And I think I've, I think I mentioned it uh, in a pre-show or post-show somewhere. So that's where you get the exclusives, folks. That's where you get the exclusives. Apologies. I'm going to be wiping my face a lot. It is boiling in here today. So I'll be, I'll be wiping my face, so get used to it. But we'll be doing that on Saturday at 5 p.m. Eastern. That's Sunday at 7 a.m. Australian Eastern Standard Time for one hour. We'll be doing a one-hour Genetic Live show special. It is gaming-related, so take that as you will. Now, ladies and gentlemen, we have a bit of... uh, I don't want to say breaking news, but we definitely have uh, some developing news... Uh, you thought that I was done covering elections, but you would be wrong. Queensland Premier Anastasia Palaszczuk announces an election for November 25th. It's, a, it's what we like to call in the business as a snap election. A snap election uh, typically is normally uh, an election that has a campaign that's less than four weeks. And this is most definitely less than four weeks. Is four, it, it's, a, it, it's about four weeks, actually. It's a little less than 30 days. So it is, it is less than four weeks. So here, here are the key points that you need to know. Uh, Premier Anastasia Palaszczuk uh, says... Uh, she called an election to give certainty certainty for business and industry. LNP leader Tim Nich- uh, Nichols says there will be no coalition deal with One Nation, which that was 
that was hovering around uh, in the inside baseball for, for around this election was that the LNP, in order to correlate more votes for, for one nation people running in the state, that they would get some sort of deal. That is not the case. Uh, and, and the ETU protesters disrupt leaders' press conferences in uh, Brisbane, which you'll be able to hear. I'm calling... Uh, you'll be here uh, in this... Whoa, stop that. It's been a while since I've had the <laughs> two hot videos. So, here is some audio of uh, an anti-coal uh, anti protester interrupting the Premier's election announcement. Calling this election to give business and industry in our great state the certainty they need as we approach 2018. And together, we have secured the lowest unemployment rate in four years. I was saying, will you stop the Adani mine? Will you not give a billion dollars to the Adani mine? We, can, we need renewable energy jobs for Queensland. And we are delivering renewable energy with massive... Good on her. Okay, there's about a minute, uh, less than a minute left in this clip, but good on her for like turning that around in in record time. Just just turning that around and, and putting that putting that there. And I just want to thank you for the security for getting her, them off the stage as quickly as possible. But here's more. In 2015, I promised Queenslanders that there was a better way. My government is proving there is a better way. My government is restoring health and education services for all Queenslanders. My government is putting Queenslanders first. I'm asking Queenslanders for their support so my government can continue the job that we have started together. We have achieved so much. We have delivered 505 of the 553 promises we made to Queenslander, Queenslanders at the last election, and that's over 90%. Yeah. That is Queensland Premier Anastasia Palaszczuk calling a November 25th election, a snap election for Queensland. Now, ladies and gentlemen, that means I will be have to be gearing up to cover yet another election. Now, here's the thing. <laughs> I, I never thought that I would have to cover an election this soon. And let me tell you, I don't think I'm ready. But the fact that this is only a four-week campaign, I suppose, is manageable. But that means there is going to be a lot that happens within this first four weeks that from campaigns that have been doing activities behind the scenes now will bring those out from behind the scenes and into the forefront of the people's consciousness because that's just how election campaigns work but moreover it's going to be fast and it's going to be furious but i don't know Excuse me. And I don't know how that'll work. I don't know whether I would like I don't know whether I would like a fast and furious campaign or a campaign that lasts an entire year as we as we discovered in twenty sixteen 
a campaign that starts way early and just keeps going and going and going. But news from that campaign was very drip, 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 drip. Whereas, whereas camp, uh, the news from this campaign is going to be very fast and furious. And even uh, the ABC is reporting that clear lines have been drawn in the first hour of the Queensland campaign. Now, uh, we, we have some audio from an election analyst coming up here in just a couple of minutes. But uh, the Premier called the Acting Governor-Chief Justice Kathleen Holmes shortly before 11am on Sunday to dissolve Parliament. A short time later, Ms Palaszczuk faced the media at the Dara Bowls Club to formally announce the November 25th election date. Together, we have secured lowest unemployment rate in four years, she, st- she says. Campbell Newman says LNP needs one nation. Uh, speaking on Sunday afternoon, Mr Nichols ruled out a coalition with one nation, but said it didn't shut the door on minority government with cross-bench support. Uh, here is uh, opposition of... Uh, this is the LNP leader, opposition, I think that would be the correct way of saying that, Tim Nichols. Queenslanders aren't getting ahead and the community is crying out for leadership and that's only the LNP will be able to deliver that leadership. This Labor government is stuck. It's stuck doing nothing and every Queenslander is paying the price. Be it the 30,000 jobs that have been lost or the record high youth unemployment whether it's the 70% increase in wholesale electricity prices under Labor, or if it's the $3 billion that's being cut from our state's infrastructure budget, or whether it's the ever-increasing personal and financial cost of Anastasia Palaszczuk's softly, softly approach to law and order here, doing nothing is is clearly not working for Queensland. That is Tim Nichols saying that Queenslanders are crying out for leadership. Now, this is another thing as well with a snap election is you don't get any, you won't have, you'll definitely have enough time for opinion polls to shape and kind of predict who will be the leader here. Now, this is the first election that I'm going to have to focus on since the election last year of of in the US I'll say it that way uh, considering considering uh, there is still a I don't know if I mentioned it on the show embargo ban on one particular individual that a elephant in the room much but no there's a kangaroo in the video now there's a video bit that you have to understand I have, I have a kangaroo hovering over my shoulder now but the point is this is the first election that I have to cover where it involves opinion polls, and if the US election taught us anything, is that opinion polls aren't the be-all, end-all, unfortunately. It, it, that's just, it is. And they, they do help with predicting stuff, but again, they're not the, the be-all, end-all. But thus far, uh, in the couple of hours, it has been a a kind of announced that the campaign, the 28-day campaign, which is that's what it is, 
that suggests that voters still remain convinced that either Palaszczuk or Mr. Nichols should get a majority, setting the scene for a 28 campaign to be the crucial test for all sides. Uh, the uh, ALP, to, to assure the electorate that it had a steady hand on economic levers, the LNP campaign to paint Palaszczuk's government for doing nothing, because, well, they're the opposition, because that's just how it's going to be. And the result, uh, made more unpredictable by a historic return of full preferential voting, new boundaries for most seats, and a predicted resurgence in the population of Pauline Hanson's One Nation Party. Oh my god, does that mean... Oh my god, do I... Do I have this in here? This time I have this in here. I don't have this in here. No! I was going to say, this is the perfect excuse for me uh, to play... <laughs> to play the, the, uh, the famous... Pauline Hanson uh, track that we all like to play at election time campaigns uh, yeah, of this. I don't like it. The I don't like it song. When you turn my voice about, I don't like it. When you vote one nation out, yeah. my language has been murdered. My language has this been murdered. This is coming murdered. back in style. My trolley murdered. My, my groceries just, just gone. gone. I don't like it. Oh. When you turn my voice about. There you go. We actually get to, we actually get to play that song. That song is in season again. Uh, which, side jag, uh, this song I covered that many elections last year that this actually made it onto one of my my top played songs of 2016. <laughs> Should tell you something. Uh, long time listeners of the show would would understand this, but here are here we have. Quite an insightful video from ABC election analysis Anthony Green that will take us basically through some of the key seats that we will be paying attention to here at the Genetic Live Show headquarters. Now, not only is there an early election being called, there's big changes on Queensland's political landscape. Look, there's there's a whole range of things which make this one of the more complex, one more one of the more peculiar elections in a long time. The last two Queensland elections have been just extraordinary. In 2012, massive landslide defeat of Labor. 2015, Labor came back from nothing to get back into minority government. It's still minority government. The new electoral boundaries still leave it as a finely hung parliament with all those new electoral boundaries. But then we've got full preferential voting and we've got the re-emergence of one nation in Queensland. And that complicates the analysis. It makes any attempt to... Uh, both sides of politics need to increase their vote to win the next election. But both of them have lost first preference since One Nation came back on the scene. So there's no point about talking about two-party preferred results that everyone likes to at this election. This is going to be an election where probably three-quarters of the seats will be traditional two-party contests. But then you've got One Nation who, was a com who will be competitive in a whole range of other seats. And how well they do, and if they take seats off either the LNP or off Labor, will determine what happens at this election. I think the key thing to remember, this is the first election for a fixed-term parliament. I expect that Labor will run very heavily on the issue of stability in government, that Labor needs to, um, that Labor will be arguing you need a firm one-party government for a fixed-term parliament, and that going for a, a hung parliament with one nation holding the power, balance of power, is a recipe for instability. Notwithstanding what you've just said, yeah. and the electoral boundaries being redrawn, what are the key seats that we need to be looking at? Will there be any? 
At I all? think it's, it's not so much key seats. The bat, this will be a battleground of several, several battlegrounds. The big one is Greater Brisbane. It has about 42 of the 93 seats are in Greater Brisbane, and Labor tends to dominate Greater Brisbane. There are a number of seats they can win off, win off the LNP, which they need to win, and they need to win extra seats, Labor, to offset losses elsewhere. I think another key area to watch is the Gold Coast. It now has 11 seats. Labor holds none of them. But back in the 2000s, when Labor did very well by running on stability, they picked up seven of their nine seats. So Labor, if it's going to lose seats up north, which is where the contest is more complex, it needs to gain seats on the Gold Coast and in, and in Greater Brisbane. Now, you mentioned the Emerged One Nation. How big an impact will they have? On these elections? That's where the election gets much more complex. South East Queensland, probably around two thirds of the seat, it's a two party contest generally, except around places like Ipswich, where we've seen Malcolm Roberts suddenly nominated as a One Nation candidate. But in North Queensland, there are seats in Townsville, in Rockhampton, in Cairns, where One Nation has finished second in the past, where they've won seats in Townsville. They are competitive in those sorts of seats and certainly they will poll well enough for their preferences to be terribly important. But in between the capital cities, there are predominantly regional and rural seats and in those seats one nation can finish first or second there are seats in rural Queensland where one nation can win seats off the LNP but no one party many and I think nearly every seat will go to preferences at this election Labor uh, can win seats if it gets a leakage of one nation and, and liberal LNP preferences the LNP might need Labor preferences in some seats. There's going to be a lot of argument over who's directing preferences to who. The LNP and Labor both ruled out across the board preference deals. One Nation said they're going to put all sitting members last. Um, but I think it needs to be watched if there is any individual seat-to-seat -seat deals going on. And what does Labor do? Do they actually act to try and save the LNP in some rural seats? Or do they just issue open tickets and leave it for the LNP to contest with One Nation? That was election analyst Anthony Green uh, basically uh, focusing in on what the key parts of the election campaign will be. And that's a very good uh, point is for a more macro view of this thing. It's, it's interesting to kind of think about the broader context here and of the election that hereby I will not be referring to, but it's interesting that a, a, an outsider or a, a third party can have a significant impact on, on this kind of elections these days, particularly you know, these days in 2016, 2017, and heading forward into... 2020, 2021, uh, the last time the Premier had, uh, by the way, uh, the following election for October 31st, 2020, and every four years after that. So the next Queensland election after this one will be in 2020, 2021. Uh, it, it'd be 2020 if it's called early 2021, if it goes through the entire cycle, it doesn't need to dissolve early. But I think it's very important to reinstate that as much as I don't want to admit it, but One Nation would play a very important role in an election like this. Now, next hour, we'll continue this analysis here and basically get into the minds of Queenslanders and what they're looking for uh, in this election campaign. But I just wanted to introduce the topic and get your 
your appetite wet for more election coverage on the Generic Live Show. I actually, I honestly, I said this earlier today, I, I actually wouldn't, I, I said this in the pre-pre-show, let me do a little pre-pre-show thing here, but I, I said that I wouldn't have predicted me covering another another election so soon. So, there you go. As we continue here on the Generic Live Show for a Sunday, well... You know, it, it's coming into summer here in the Great Land Down Under, but it this summer is actually going to hurt like a mother bleeping chicken. That's, so that's going to... This summer's going to hurt like a... That's right. When the war on ice cream commences. Popular ice cream bands are being boycotted ahead of summer. Oh no, what are we going to do now? As we continue here on the Generic Live Show for a Sunday. It's Dale Campbell here with you. Thanks for joining us. It's Whether we're waking you up or putting you to sleep, this is The Generic Live Show. Thanks for joining us here on The Generic Live Show for a Sunday. It's Dale Campbell here with you. It's a pleasure as always. That's right, it's an ice cream break. I'm always down for an ice cream break. But mm, those ice cream breaks may be few and far between. I actually didn't go out for an ice cream. I went out for some iced tea. They are now drink live on the air. Yeah, great. Classy. Stay classy, Dale. Stay classy. <laughs> uh, but ice cream may be in doubt in the land down under. Coming into summer, paddle pops, golden gay times, magnums, cornettos could be off the menu this summer for... Uh, if union boycott of Australia's most iconic ice cream brand, Streets, takes hold. The Australian Manufacturing Workers Union, the A. Take two. The Australian Manufacturing Workers Union, the AMWU, announced the boycott on Sunday over a potential 46% pay cut for streets ice cream factory workers. Damn. That means wait, 46% pay cut? Oh boy. All right. Hot damn. <laughs> Literally, hot damn. Uh, Australia's largest... That is the last time I will make a joke. Uh, Australia's largest ice cream manufacturer, Streets, is known by multinational consumer giant Unilever. Unilever has announced it will end its enterprise agreement with Streets Ice Cream Factory in Minto in southern Sydney. The AMWU is launching a 2050... Get this! This is what... <laughs> this is what the union's... 
master slogan is. It's the 250,000... How catchy is this? The 250,000 streets free summer blitz. It's, and now... It's the... It's the it's the summer it's the summer blitz on social media uh, and traditional media to try and protect the rights of 140 workers. The AMWU media director George Simon told News.com.au that the union was appealing to all Australians to boycott their favourite ice cream brands on behalf of streets workers. Damn, I I it's it's always hard to have a gay time on your own. Boing. It's still my favourite, favourite thing of that uh, <laughs> ad ever. If, you, if you're not familiar, look it up on YouTube. M-Beam says, import Chinese ice cream. That'll be interesting. Yeah, I agree. What is, uh, Chinese ice cream. I don't want... Do I want to know what Chinese ice cream tastes like? I don't think I do, actually. I don't... I... Mm, I can't tell you, yeah, ice cream, ice cream, uh, BWH1TTY says, uh, are your ears that tiny or is your head that big? I do have a big head, yes, I, I do, in more ways than one, but yes, I do have a, quite a large head, oh, and though these headphones are quite large, and they're very, very, very bright, but I'm, I'm back on the, what, what is even Chinese ice cream? I'm not... I'm familiar with Chinese ice cream. I don't. I don't know what that entails, uh, but I. I really. I really want to look up the the gay time uh, ad because it, it's it, it's 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 radio friendly, I guess. But there you go. Here it is. It's so hard to have gay time on your own. It could be that great chalk and biscuit coating. So hard to have a gay time on your own. It could be that smooth toffee ice cream in the centre. So it could be that whole delicious golden gay time taste. Streets golden gay time. More like a party than an ice cream. Man, we're pulling out all the favourites today. This is like this is like the greatest hits. This is the generic live show greatest hits edition. It's it's very it's very Australian based and it's very inside baseball today. I do apologise. I mean I, I'm Australian, so you know what? It's an Australian show. We'll let we'll let that one slide. Uh, as we continue here on the generic live show for our Sunday, ironic that I say that it's very Australian based when members of the Australian Parliament are being kicked out for being dual citizens and i just posted the link to the gay time ad in the in the chat so enjoy that while while it lasts <laughs> while it lasts while stocks last enjoy that gay time commercial uh, mp dual citizenship saga will explain why members of parliament are being kicked out of parliament as we continue here on the Jack Live Show for a Sunday. It's Dale Cable here with you. It's 
We're here to give you a big dose of genericness. This is the Generic Live Show. Thanks for joining us here on the Generic Live Show for a Sunday. My buddy was not ready. As Thanks for joining us here on the Generic Live Show for a Sunday. It's Daniel Campbell here with you. We're doing it live or on your hard drive. That's right, we're doing it live at twitch.tv slash geek.io show. Hey, if you're enjoying... And Beams, give me some genericness. Well, you, you finally found your, your, my, the most generic live show. Uh, <laughs> news from around Australia and the world. I haven't used that tagline in ages. Uh, we're doing it live on twitch.tv slash geek.io show. If, you, if you're feeling it in your hearts and you can, every little bit helps. We are, we are on Twitch and you can give us some bits if you find it in your heart. Every little bit helps. Or if you've got that free Amazon Prime subscription and it's not being used and abused, uh, we would greatly appreciate it. But every little bit helps. Uh, if, you want some, if you want some generic goodness in your life. Uh, or you can catch up on the podcast feed later on iTunes or wherever fine podcasts are sold. Uh, MBeam suggests that I get a, a sweat band for, for, to soak up the sweat. I... I was I was talking about this in the pre-show, and yeah, I do need I do need something to, to help me soak up the sweat because it, it is whilst it's still 9:34 here in the Great Land Down Under, I at night I just I just it's it's boiling and I can't have the AC on and I can't have my fan on because it interferes with my microphone too much. Excuse me, oh man, full of gas today. Uh, but a sweat band could work. No, I'm not doing the show without clothes on. That's not a thing. And people have suggested that. That's not a thing. That's not a thing ever. Uh, but speaking of doing the show with your clothes off. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I don't know what. That's a terrible segue. Uh, Australian dual citizenship saga. There's a latest saga that's taking Australian parliament by storm. Which that's, that can either be taken as a good thing or a bad thing. I don't know what... I don't know what you what you can make of that, but there are multiple members of the Australian Parliament that it is that are being discovered that they are dual citizens and therefore cannot uh, that are, that are wrongly elected because you can't be a dual citizen while serving in the Australian Parliament. Sorry. The High Court of Australia is due to hand down a verdict at uh, yep on Friday. The decision will clarify the definition of rules prohibiting dual citizens from standing for office. Uh, yep, Barnaby Joyce, by the way, uh, was found to be I don't want to say guilty, but uh, is is found to not be able to serve in Australian Parliament. I suppose that would that would be that would be guilty. So we have we now have a new vice prime minister, acting prime minister, shadow prime minister, what would it be deputy prime minister? That's the correct term. Hey, Dale, I know, I know my, I know I know my technical terms. There you go. Uh, if and so yes, Joyce, uh, who renounced his New Zealand citizenships in August, has pledged to recontest his lower seat. For a probable by-election, so actually he can run. I thought I had it in my head that he couldn't run, 
in the by-election because of his dual uh, citizenship, but it turns out that he can. There are six other politicians, Fiona Nash, Matt Caravan, which that is got to be the best name that I have seen on this show for over 100 episodes of this show, Matt Caravan, Malcolm Roberts, Nick uh, Xylophone, it's Xenophon, but I like calling him Xylophone because it's more fun, Larissa Walters and Scott Limbrum. So Nash, his second citizenship is the UK, Matt Caravan is Italian, excuse me, Uh, Malcolm Roberts is the UK. Nick Xylophone is also from the UK. The Asa uh, Walters, Larissa Walters rather, is the Greens. Scott Lulldrum is also from the Greens. So uh, that's that's basically where we're at on that one. Prime Minister Malcolm Turnbull could face a tougher task passing legislation if he lost his 76 seat majority. Where is that noise coming from? Hey, it's Nick Xylophone. It's Nick Xylophone interrupting the show. Xylophone, what do you have to say? That's interesting. Uh, how have our politicians reacted? The decision... Okay, so here, here is... We, we'll get to the clip eventually. Uh, so here is Malcolm Turnbull on the matter. ...of the court today is clearly not the outcome we were hoping for, but the business of government goes on. We now have a minority government with a hung parliament because Barnaby... Joyce broke the law. That was that is Tanya Palaszczuk, that is, Palaszczuk rather, the deputy Labor leader. Some people say I'm a natural pessimist. I'm I'm naturally cautious, and uh, I was always prepared for this outcome. So I don't actually stand here totally surprised. That is Barnaby Joyce, the person in question. Lost a great man in Malcolm Robertson. He's been my backbone and, and supporting me on the floor of parliament and I think he's just done a fantastic job. I'm devastated, absolutely devastated. That is Pauline Hanson, the leader of the One Nation party that we were talking about in the first segment of the show. I accept this decision entirely and uh, I've always said that I look forward to the High Court hearing my, my case and it has done that. But I do. That was Malcolm Roberts, another person in question. feel much sympathy for my other colleagues Whatever political differences I may have uh, with some of them, uh, there is no question of their love for and loyalty to Australia, but they have been caught by this section of the Constitution. Everyone will make... That is Nick Xylophone. ...mistakes, and we don't think that this part of the Constitution is actually sensible. In a modern multicultural nation like Australia, it's a relic of the past, but it's in the Constitution, and ultimately you have to show respect for that. Goodbye. That is, uh, that is Richard, uh, surname I can't pronounce, he's the leader of the Greens. I see you in Auckland, goodbye, have a good trip, Queenstown's looking great, goodbye Barnaby, 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 goodbye, goodbye Barnaby, goodbye. And that is someone that is no longer relevant to Australian politics. Anyway, <laughs> I know, right? Clive Palmer, how we forget, how, 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 what's he up to these days? That's our Siri, how, what, uh... What, what uh, Clive Palmer is up to these days. If you don't know who Clive Palmer is, neither do I, so that's fine. Uh, so the man who set the motion for the citizenship scandal has now claimed five political careers and says he expects more heads to roll. 
Western Australian lawyer John Cameron ousted Greens MP Scott Landum as New Zealand citizen in July of this year, leading to an eventual constitutional crisis for the Australian government. Senator Landum's resignation resulted in the status of numerous other politicians being questioned, which accumulated in the yesterday's High Court decisions of disqualifying five federal members of Australian Parliament. In the months that followed, Senator Landum's resignation, Mr. Campbell's kept his silence, but following the court's decision, he's explained his motivation to dig into the backgrounds of Australians' representatives. I, I, I actually find this way more fascinating than, than what I probably should. Uh, yes, this is live, by the way. Uh, Waterloo the Blue, hence generic live show. Uh, it's the, it's generic news from the land down under. That's very very well said. Uh, very well said. Uh, so uh, where are we? I've lost my place. Uh, Mr. Cameron, who voted for Senator Landum, applied with the Australian Internal Affairs Department to search their register for Green Senator, and found he was in fact a citizen. So hang on, Mr. Cameron voted for yeah, Okay, that's. That is what that is. Uh, from there, he contracted the, contacted the Australian senators, alerting him to the fact that he was a dual citizen before conducting Senator Landon's office. Contacting, rather. Why do I keep saying conducting? Uh, while Mr. Cameron said he was invariably surprised how quickly the citizenship scandal had snowballed, he expected more politicians with a full foul of Section 44 of the Australian Constitution in the coming months. There will be others, Mr Cameron said, just hours after the High Court disqualified Mr Joyce and four other MPs yesterday afternoon. This would have been Friday. Well, this would have been the Friday afternoon was when the High Court hearing was happened. Uh, There you go. Antarctica. No, Australia. (laughs) There you go. Uh, no, not, I'm not Antarctican. Antarctican? Is that a thing? I don't know. Right, I'm being distracted. Uh, while non-religious, Mr. Cameron said a prayer with his principal motivation to pursue the citizenship story. God grant me the sanctity to accept things that I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference, he said. Which is very bizarre, but okay. Basically... Basically, kind of do what's right. I guess is kind of the the moral of the story. There, I'm not too sure what that sentiment uh, is. Uh, the Perth-based lawyer began digging in 2011 with then Prime Minister Julia Gillard with opposition leader Tony Abbott. So this has been going on since 2011, which is weird because we've had an election and a Senate clear out clearance sale since then. So I'm not too sure what that is what that is to come in but anyway five months later mr joyce senator Lanham, nationals mp fiona nash one nation senator malcolm roberts and greens leader mp larissa walters have all been booted out of office so there you go there and there are there are more on the way he says so enjoy that for what it is uh, Australia zero, New Zealand one says another another article as well. Uh, so, which is weird because 
Barnaby Joyce actually, if we remember, I think it was last year, uh, had troubles with Johnny Depp's dogs, which which is funny to funny to think about that. But yeah, that is that is what that is. But anyway, uh, there is a lot here. But I thought I had something else planned here. Another. Uh, another article uh, states uh, that all those will be will be gone. Uh, every, that the the, the section in the constitution basically stipulates that every legislator must be an Australian nationality only. So there's uh, uh, there's the uh, there's the overlying theme uh, of. Uh, basically, uh, of where was I going with that? I lost my train of thought. Uh, basically, the 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 point of the matter uh, is that that's what's being called into question. Was every legislator must have an Australian nationality only? So that of course disqualifies multinationals. Now, one discussion that I heard in my my friendship circles when this uh, this broke was what necessarily could occur would it be would, the point is would it be would it be unheard of to bring in a an amendment to the constitution to where to allow multinationals to serve you would have to you would have to be majority Australian uh, to then uh, to then kind of serve but if you had a second citizenship that wouldn't matter now to that I would say yes and no I there's something to Australians serving in the Parliament but there's also uh, there's also a case of it shouldn't really matter as long as they're representative of the people, as long as the Prime Minister or the, the leader of the time, so maybe Joyce is wrong in, in this argument that I'm about to make, that the the Deputy Prime Minister and the, the Prime Minister itself, basically, if you're an American, think of it, the President and Vice President, but the Vice... The, the, the Deputy Prime Minister only acts in absence of the Prime Minister, when the Prime Minister is like travelling overseas or is just on vacation or, or or such like that. Those two, I feel, have to be full Australian, quote-unquote, or... Uh, and then the rest should be fine to be of multinational descent as long as they're, they're serving the people, but preferably they would be Australian first. I don't know. I, I, this is not making any sense, I know, but... And, and, and I've probably driven everyone away, but I, I just... Again, I find this... I find this fascinating that this is now become uh, a saga even when these people knew that that was in the Constitution as well as another... is another fascinating element to this uh, as well. So, there you go.
That, that is the most boring segment of the genetic live show I have ever done, and I sincerely apologize, but we'll move on. As we continue here on the genetic live show for a Sunday, we'll move from, <laughs> we'll move from boring constitutional talk on the internet to how your morning coffee could potentially add 154 minutes to your mortgage. What? Are you confused? So am I. As we continue here on the Jack Live Show for a Sunday, it's Daryl Campbell here with you. Thanks for joining us. It's 9.49. finally found the most generic live show. This is the Generic Live Show. Thanks for joining us here on the Generic Live Show for a Sunday. It's Dale Campbell here with you. We're doing it for Geek.io, whether you're listening to us live or on your hard drive. Live at twitch.tv slash Geek.io show or on your hard drive. Uh, where podcasts are sold or after the fact at youtube.com slash generic live show can get all sorts of fun filled activities I guess is that what people say fun filled activities uh, so this is an editorial and I love editorials for what they are uh, this one is is as interesting as it is I have been saving it since before I went on vacation to the US and I, I'm just now being able to bring it to you because I, I still I just can't let this editorial go. The headline Your morning coffee adds 154 minutes to your mortgage. Full disclosure this person does not drink coffee, doesn't like the taste of it, and doesn't need the caffeine because apparently this person is highly energetic enough. Which I mean yes is possible but sure. So, she believes that she can reveal without twitching, sweating, or risking withdrawal headaches, which you should probably know she's had for more than a month uh, since quitting Diet Coke, your ritual of grabbing a coffee on the way to work, at lunch, or as an afternoon pick-me-up is adding 154 minutes a day to your mortgage. As he picks up his coffee and takes a drink of it. No, this is actually... Yeah, this is actually granted coffee, so I suppose that that, that that is still adding that's adding money to the shopping bill every week, so there is also that. Your taste may run to cappuccino, which figures from skip ordering app. What? From the skip ordering app? Never heard of that in my life. Suggest is most common in Sydney or South Australia. Perhaps your hot beverage of choice is a flat white, as in the ACT Queensland and Western Australia. Or, maybe, most likely in Victoria and Tasmania, you're a latte lover. And don't pretend to you don't know the difference. No matter your daily micro-spend on 
apparently delectable micrograms is keeping you in debt far longer than necessary. Uh, to show, uh, to show the slow roasted damage, huh? <laughs> I've taken that you pay four dollars for a coffee a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. That's one thousand four hundred and sixty a year habit. Uh, I have assumed you hold an average uh, Aussie twenty-five year old home loan at three hundred seventy-six thousand two hundred dollars at the Morzo calculated average rate of 4.9%. Well, if you've redirected your mouth to your mortgage, which, ill gross, that's a weird sentence, just your coffee money, you'll slash your interest bill by almost $31,000. Wow. And you'll get done two years and five months early on your mortgage. Huh. Hmm, interesting. That reduction in time produced by your no-coffee commitment with the remaining 22 years and 7 months, equates to saving 154 minutes a day. That's more than 2.5 hours. How long does it take you to drink coffee? Maybe 15 minutes. It costs you 10 times as long. Hmm. Uh, you can even remain a presumably pressurable habit by buying one of those fancy, smancy DIY coffee machines, the likes of which John Clooney advertises, which... Don't pretend you haven't seen at least a weird coffee ad in your life. Uh, push the boat and pay $600 with it. You'll and need to drink 150 cups, which is one a day for roughly five months, before the cost will drop the price of the ingredients alone. There you go. Uh, the Weekend Avocado Extravaganza. Of course this article was going to also mention Smashed Avocado. Of course it was. Why wouldn't... Why wouldn't this... Why wouldn't this uh, not mention Smashed Avocado? Uh, because of now... Okay, we can't eat Smashed Avocado. We can't now drink coffee. What are we meant to have? Are we meant to have... Are we meant to have water and, like, just regular toast? Or not avocado at all? Uh, and oh, now, also, this article goes on to say... You can't drink wine. Uh. You know, we can't have any fun. No fun, no fun for you. But I, I, okay. I do rag, I do rag on this, but I, I do kind of, I, I, I rag on it, but I do find the theory in, in this a little. But it's, it's a little harsh. Everything, everything's in the budgeting, I guess. If you can budget a coffee a day, more power to you. But... And and if you're but if you're not paying your home loan and buying coffee instead, that might be a problem. But that's not the coffee's problem. That's not that's not the coffee's problem. That's that's not the coffee's problem. That's a budgeting problem. Don't blame the coffee. What did the coffee ever do to you? Apart from apart from you know being hot and delicious. That's. <laughs> That's going to be taken out of context later. <laughs> Apart from being the generic live show, hot and delicious. Uh, it's very hot and delicious in this room, that's that's for damn sure. Uh, M-Beam suggests water and Vegemite. Yeah, no. 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 I refuse. I, I don't know. I'm not signing up to that. I'm definitely, I'm definitely not signing up for that. Oh, there's this, hmm. 
you know, there's this video here. Should we watch this video? Let's watch this video real quick. Uh, of an, a commercial. This is going to play a commercial, isn't it? What? Okay. What are we doing here? Yep, okay. So, let's not do that. All right. Ah, <laughs> commercial interrupts the generic live show. Woo! Go me. All right. Uh, then apparently we'll get. We're going to just get an insight to what goes into a cup of coffee. So what do, goes Make into one flat white? I mean, we start with our grinders, which were very special equipment. They cost. They retail for about three thousand dollars. We have two of those um, because if you have a, uh, if you don't have a good grinder, you don't have the even particles in your coffee. And then when you extract, they all extract to different levels. So in working with that, we have an expensive machine. That costs around $15,000. Um, so right there, you're looking at $20,000 before you've even gone and bought any beans to put in it. So then once you, once you start working with that, the milk costs almost, our milk costs $1.60 a litre. Uh, coffee costs about close to $30 a kilo. So a single cup of coffee, while it may only cost you like $1.70 or so in immediate cost, then you've got staff costs, you've got rent, you've got electricity, you've got insurance, um, you've got front of house, and all these costs just, you know, it adds up, it's not free. You could make a cup for $3 and make turn some sort of profit, but you're using very average milk, you'd be using low quality beans. Um, I can't imagine that your cups would be environmentally friendly, you'd be using cheap cups, and I mean, well, I could make a cup for $3. I only make things that I want to drink. I only sell things that I want to eat. So I couldn't come in here and smile every day if I knew I was selling a subpar product, even if it was cheaper than next door. People need to pay $3 for a cup of coffee. That's fine, but I, as an owner, I don't, I don't want to make it. You know, there's something to that. Oh, as I bump my microphone. Uh, we do have to take our break, but there is something to that. Uh, whip pause on that. We'll have that conversation. Uh, and something to that. Alright, we'll, we'll, we'll bookmark that and we'll come back to that as we continue here on the Generic Live Show for a Sunday. We've got to really take our break now. It's 10.02.